This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Tracy Bruner, president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry. With a challenging economic climate and uncertain weather outlook, the private sector crop insurance industry infrastructure protects over 290 million acres of farmland. Cropland remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food fiber and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with NCBA's Tracy Bruner next. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. With crop prices falling, farm incomes plummeting, and Mother Nature wrecking havoc, the private sector crop insurance infrastructure is more important today than ever, providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association is preparing for their 120th annual convention in Nashville, Tennessee next month. Kansas cattleman Tracy Bruner says the industry has overcome some tremendous obstacles. They're looking forward to better horizons for 2017 and beyond. Well, Jeff, overall, our, our cattle industry, we have to we have to look back in time just a little bit. Uh, today, cattle numbers and beef supplies are on the increase, but I'd ask you to recall the, the drought and the liquidation that we saw about five years ago. That gave us the tighter numbers and and uh, increased prices, record prices in 2014. The result of those prices then was the encouragement for cattlemen to rapidly rebuild their, their herds, and they were aided by uh, abundant forage and feed supplies. This resulted then in growing supplies of beef and, and today all meats. In the past year, we probably saw this lower-trending market spurred on by some negative trade campaign rhetoric as well. Our markets retreated. Recently, though, we've seen some recovery in prices and what uh, economists say has continued strong to growing beef demand. Today, around the country, forage and feed supplies are adequate to abundant, as well as favorable costs for other inputs like interest and fertilizer. Uh, It's a very favorable cost structure for beef production. The majority of cattle and beef producers, I believe, in, in 2016 are at least marginally profitable. We have, however, seen some realignment of feeder cattle and calf prices much sooner than we wanted, and it was very painful, but not unexpected. And I guess I'd summarize by saying today cattle farm and ranch equity might be off slightly, but is still exceptionally strong. And if we see continued favorable interest rates and and help from Mother Nature, we're going to see several more years of expanding cattle numbers and growing U.S. beef supplies. Tracy, I would ask, what are your hopes now for this new Congress and this new administration? Well, Jeff, with the foremost, uh, we believe the Trump presidency will likely be characterized as more business-focused with economic opportunity to be more priority than social engineering initiatives and and it should show a general philosophy of personal responsibility instead of government provision. We do see some caution and risk in our new Congress getting bogged down with what were hot-button campaign social issues like health care and immigration and postponing true regulatory reform. 
and our short list of overdue priorities would probably start with WOTUS. You know, we we expect the Trump administration to repeal this ghastly government overreach soon after taking office. Jeff, you know, the the non-navigable water resources of America are much better managed by state and local supervision when necessary and were never constitutionally intended to be the purview of federal government. I'd also want to mention the Antiquities Act. Mass retirement of so many productive acres is devastating in rural communities. We're confident this will come to a halt with possibly some reopening of federal lands to energy and agriculture. Multiple use of our public lands has shown that America can enjoy all the benefits of its public lands while still preserving our heritage and conserving our lands for future generations. And then our third priority is gypsa rule. Again, this is an administrative assault on the farmers and ranchers of America in the name of competition. The gypsa rule flies in the face of economics and evolving business practices that dictate producers and processors cooperate to reduce costs and increase profits while seeking to supply the premium products that consumers tell us they demand most. You know, Jeff, we've had a quality beef revolution, and it's driven by cattlemen. Cattlemen responding to consumer demand, and it will be stifled by the gypsy rule. We're encouraging its full repeal. From the time that Donald Trump stood on the stump and suggested that he was a candidate for the White House, he has spoken against trade. And it's the Cattlemen's Beef Association that said the lack of the TPP deal cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. Now that he's in the White House, now that the new Congress is in place, what are your hopes on trade? What are your concerns on trade with what he said? Well, you know, our message on trade is still the same. America thrives on trade. American agriculture is able to compete with anyone around the world. And that's why we've grown to be such a global powerhouse in food and fiber production and export. So many jobs and support industries depend on agriculture and commodity trade, but we cannot sustain our agricultural growth without fair market access. In the animal protein sector, there are growing supplies of meats. We need export markets to take the surplus crops and cattle that are burdening our bins and growing in our pastures. We all know the world has become a global marketplace. That fact is not going to reverse. 95% of our customers are outside our borders. We must participate and lead the agenda for global trade. Perhaps the worst economic crisis ever could be set in motion by an America that acts to withdraw from global trade leadership and allows emerging economies to dictate the rules of trade. China, Brazil, Russia, India all want a seat at the table, but there is no wisdom in America conceding them the chairmanship. Our three trade priorities are, first, TPP should be considered. We believe it will be good for America's economy. Second, TTIP should be pushed to completion. Europe wants and needs America as an ally and our products. We should not be bluffed. And especially the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, is a global model for a mutually beneficial trade agreement. And finally, Jeff, in trade, we know there's always room for improvement. Everyone always wants a better deal, but no one ever wins a trade war. So leading up to the inauguration, 
Mr. Trump has said no to the TPP, challenging Canada, challenging Mexico, and also throwing conflict in the relationship that we have with China. These are all key areas for cattlemen and for the beef market and the beef industry overall. How do you address these issues with an administration that perhaps you don't see eye to eye? We're going to continue to tell the story. We're going to explain the benefits of trade. We don't believe that TPP has had a fair day in the discussion and the deliberation that Congress needs to take and that our country needs to have on this issue. In hindsight, it was probably brought forward a little too aggressively in an election year and allowed it to become an election year issue. We're going to continue to promote and and tell the benefits of trade, especially TPP. We need market access on a level playing field into our best market of Japan. We're losing $400,000 every day to Australia, and that's going to grow as Australia's tariff rate declines and ours stays the same. We're going to continue to tell that story. Let's talk about appointees for just a moment. What stock can you put into Terry Branstead now as uh, appointed to serve as the ambassador to China? Iowa's an agriculture state and certainly beef producers there. Can he help to pry that market open and challenging uh, the Chinese to follow through on their promise to bring U.S. beef in its borders? Well, Jeff, I certainly hope so. Governor Branstead has a long tenure as governor of the great state of Iowa. No doubt a, a friend of animal agriculture understands the the need for agricultural trade, and and we certainly support him and will encourage him at every opportunity to push for a, a more open market and uh, for our exports to China. Uh, overall sketch, what do you... What do you see from this new administration with regard to cabinet posts that could affect your industry? Are you encouraged? We're very encouraged. We believe that uh, the incoming administration will be will be more business friendly and more respectable of American agriculture's importance in the economy. When we shift into the area of regulation, that's a priority for the Cattlemen's Beef Association, as you have mentioned. With regard to the waters of the U.S., it looks like there is a legislative path and there is still a path of litigation. First of all, let's talk legislation from the House side. Action in 2015 to turn back Obama regulations, again recently in this new chamber. And then Senate action has been mentioned by uh, Senators Ernst and Fisher on WOTUS. Is the legislative fix the best way to go with this? It is an administrative rule that's put forth by the Obama administration from the Environmental Protection Agency, so uh, I believe the full full repeal or full withdrawal of that rule by the Trump administration would be the best and most expedient fix. Now, yes, all of agriculture has been working hard through several channels, one, Congress, to defund the initiative, and then also through litigation. And recently, we've uh, just in the last few days, we've heard that we've uh, reached a milestone of a victory in the uh, determination that the Supreme Court will hear that uh, jurisdictional determination. So, uh, yes, we're working on on several fronts, but the uh, the short way to a win would be the complete withdrawal by the Trump administration soon after taking office. So if the WOTUS is withdrawn, are you ready to go back to work and come up with a, a waters of the U.S. rule and the definition of navigable waterways that rural American agriculture has a greater role in? Or do you just want to make it go away and leave it alone? 
well, it'd be nice if it it would go away and and we never had to see it again. But you know, the fact of the matter probably is that there are those who would continue to want to discuss it. We'll be willing and ready to be at the table. But agriculture needs to be treated as an ally. Farmers and ranchers are the stewards of the land and the water resources of our country and need to be respected as such, not dictated from uh, a government in D.C. that doesn't take into account production agriculture's use and protection of our resources. The work that you have done through the beef checkoff suggests that you continue to concentrate on animal husbandry and the safety of product for consumers. Oh, absolutely. We continue to use the resources of the checkoff. You know, Beef Quality Assurance is a 30-year-old program where education and learning take place by cattlemen and, and their employees on proper handling and best management practices for the care of and uh, husbandry of our animals. And we continue to invest in that. There's literally tens of thousands of beef producers have been educated and certified through the BQA program. The 114th Congress was certainly uh, politically charged and certainly polar. But despite that environment, the agriculture industry partnered with many others, and you brought a biotech labeling uh, disclosure piece of legislation through the Congress. The question for uh, the question that I have for you now is that there are still some labeling issues, or at least production issues, with regard to livestock. One of those would be a, a set of rules that would decide what non-GMO beef might be, or what organic beef might be. How are these labeling issues a challenge? Well, we believe that any regulation needs to be science-based, and we understand that there's a small part of our population that is interested in in GMO, but if a plant or if a grain was a was a GMO or not, uh, has no bearing on the animal that might eat that and use that in its production. So, you know, in regard to GMO labeling of plant and animal products, we believe that any kind of labeling needs to be voluntary. If it doesn't regard the safety of the product, then it should be treated as a marketing label and be achieved through voluntary status. In the 11th hour of the Obama administration, rules with regard to organic livestock production. Uh, John Weber with the National Pork Producers Council, your partner in the livestock industry, suggested that the practices of raising the animal don't determine whether it's organic or not. Well, that's certainly true. Organic programs are, again, marketing programs, and they're not the place to prescribe animal welfare practices. We know that America's cattle producers are the best stewards of their herds. They take pride in the welfare of their animals. Again, that's that's over the past 30 years, our Beef Quality Assurance Program has has helped improve animal care and, and elevate animal handling standards throughout the beef industry. It's a... Uh, uh, it's a program that's driven by experts in animal care. It's, uh, it uses industry-accepted, peer-reviewed science to set the program guidelines. The area of animal welfare and best management practices are continuously changing and as new technologies are, are discovered and new learning and education takes place. So we believe that USDA 
should encourage organic producers to become BQA certified and inclusion of, of animal standards in the organic program uh, is eventually just going to mislead consumers and proposed standards are included that don't have any basis in science. Voluntary marketing programs like this organic program are opportunities for producers who choose to participate in the program but should not be endorsed and promoted as for something that they aren't. How has enforcement of the Endangered Species Act affected cattlemen, and what do you hope inside this new administration and this new Congress? Well, the Endangered Species Act is, is over 25 years old since it's been last reviewed and modified and updated, and we believe that it's time that it should be. It's not necessary to find an endangered species on land to limit the, the use of that property. Only the potential habitat for a listed or endangered species is needed, and, and it's a threat to private property rights. And the Endangered Species Act is used to further the agenda of those that would like to limit land use. There is thought that this new administration in Congress could bring comprehensive corporate tax reform. Where does the NCBA stand with regard to that effort, and what about the death tax? Well, tax reform to us should start with the death tax. This is one of the most regressive taxes for rural America. Increased land and estate values are the result of farms getting larger by technological necessity. Passing farms and ranches to the next generation is foundational to sustainable agriculture in America. We need strong farm balance sheets to weather the ups and downs of commodity cycles, just like we're experiencing now. Farmers and ranchers being forced to break up the family ranch to pay the inheritance tax is counterproductive to sound business saving and investment. And it's unfair to farmers who live poor to hold the farm only to leave its heart to the government. And in the bigger picture, the death tax is a very small revenue generator for the government. It should be fully repealed once and for all. How important is immigration reform, or, or what hopes do you have for final comprehensive immigration reform from this new Washington well, to NCBA and the cattle industry, border security is paramount to the health and welfare of our livestock. Cattlemen and women support meaningful legislative regulatory reform that strengthens border security and creates a non-seasonal temporary worker program that ensures adequate workforce for our operations. One of the things that a lot of agriculture groups are talking about is the writing of new agriculture and nutrition policy. Do the cattlemen have a stake in this game, and what are areas that are priorities for you when the Congressional Committee start to work on a new farm bill? Well, very briefly, we think that the conservation title will be very important. NCBA is going to work to uh, uh, protect the funding and the conservation title. There are many programs, like the EQUIP program, that have been successful in helping producers uh, do even more to protect our resources. We think it's important that the Farm Bill has an adequate research title. A strong research title would be necessary to ensure that we remain as efficient and competitive as we can be in, in producing beef. And then very quickly, we, we believe that the current uh, FMD vaccine bank is, is inadequate to deal with uh, a potential foot-and-mouth disease outbreak, and we believe that it should be fully funded so that 
our industry and America could respond if that should take place. Well, Tracy Bruner, we want to celebrate with you the 120th meeting of the Cattlemen's Beef Association coming the first three days of February. And thank you for your time for being with us here on Open Mic. Tracy, it is Open Mic, and you have an open forum. Well, thank you for the opportunity to visit with so many cattlemen and and all of agriculture around the country. You know, more and more... uh, uh, agriculture is seeing the cattle and beef industry as an area of some of the greatest opportunity in American agriculture today and, and into our future. Immediately, we're headed into Nashville in a few weeks for our, our annual convention. It uh, looks to be perhaps a record attendance. There's going to be 350 trade show booths, and I guess I would encourage anyone that has the opportunity and could make time to mosey on down to Nashville and join us for the NCBA convention. Our thanks to Tracy Bruner, president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry. Thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Dowling.